someone who gives it to you freely. The Lord our God has gave us many promises. But today, Lord, I declare that the hope you give me, the faith you give me, this, just strengthen me, Lord God, that I may do your will. Mold me, God, that I may conform to your will. So I declare today that whatever you ask, I give it to you. Whatever you ask, whatever you ask, whatever you ask, I'll give it all to you. Wow, hear me sing. Whatever you ask, ever whatever you ask, Lord, whatever. whatever Let me sing, sing, whatever you ask, whatever you ask, whatever you ask, Lord, whatever you ask, give it all to you. Come on, everybody. If you want to say that today, then help me declare it, whatever you ask. Whatever you ask, whatever you ask, Lord, whatever you ask. Give it all to you. I'll give it all. One more time, you. say whatever. Whatever you are. I go where you want me to go. Whatever you are. Do what you want me to do. Whatever you are. I give it all. Give it all to you. I'll give it all to you. So whatever you ask, so Lord. Whatever you ask. Give it all. Let's take it from the top. Let's sing it again. Whatever you ask. Whatever you ask. Whatever you ask, Lord. Give it all. Say what you want me to say. Go where you want me to go. Love how you want me to love. Oh yeah. Give it all. Help me sing. My delight is in serving you, Lord.
for Reverend Sam Robinson who preached ably last Sunday, amen. Since the first Sunday in June, I've been in this preaching series entitled Summer Jams. Have a few more sermons to preach in this series. Um, in August, we talked about early in the morning talked about ain't too proud to beg. Today I want to talk about could have been. Lord bless your word. Bless your preacher. Your words my mouth. Remove every distraction and barrier that might keep us from hearing from you. Teach us God to obey you not just in the big things, but the little things. Bless your preacher, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's look at your neighbor's smile, say, could have been. Look on the other side, but it ain't too late for you. Among many things, our God is a great, superlative, phenomenal gift giver. Anyone and everyone who has walked with God can testify to the unique ability of Almighty God to give gifts that are great awesome, and wonderful. 
whether it is the gift of grace or the gift of guidance. Our God is a great gift giver. Whether it is the gift of family, fellowship, or friendship, our God is a great gift giver. Whether it's the gift of time, talent, or treasure, our God is a great gift giver. Whether it's the gift of opportunity or the gift of optimism, our God is a great gift giver. Whether it's the gift of experience or the gift of enthusiasm, our God is a great gift giver. If we're honest with ourselves on this Lord's Day morning, none of us would be where we are had it not been for God giving gifts to all of us. Yes, you walked through the door, but God opened the door. Yes, you took the test, but God gave you the aptitude. Yes, you are handsome and pretty, but God providentially arranged so you might meet him or her. Had it not been for God giving the gifts that God gives, none of us would be where we are, have what we have, enjoy what we enjoy, or could testify about the goodness of Almighty God. One of the greatest gifts that God has given and entrusted to all of us is the gift of potential. On all this Lord's Day morning, everyone who is made in the image of Almighty God has been blessed with the gift of potential. Everyone under the sound of my voice and those who are watching virtually have the gift of potential. You're made in the image of God. You have the potential to be all that God says you can be and do what God says you can do. Regardless of where you were born or the circumstances of your birth, we all have potential. Regardless of your marital status or what you have gone through in life, we all have potential. Regardless of education or lack thereof, everyone made in the image of God has potential. Regardless of your age, your circumstances, or your health, everyone under the sound of my voice has the gift of potential. And as men and women who have been blessed with the gift of potential, it is important that you and I do something with the potential that God has entrusted unto us. Nobody has been blessed with more potential than the personality in our text by the name of Saul. For those of us who know Old Testament history, we know that Saul 
was the first king of Israel. Israel wanted to be like the other nations, and God gave Israel exactly what they wanted. Israel didn't know who they had in God as their leader. But because Israel yielded to peer pressure, Israel wanted a king like the other nations. And God gave them a king by the name of Saul. Saul wasn't necessarily fit for the job, but God blessed them with a king by the name of Saul who was easy on the eyes, who was tall, dark, and handsome, and who had the privilege and unique capability of being the first king in the history of Israel. Israel had nobody to compare Saul to. Consequently, the sky was the limit. You didn't have to compare him to Hezekiah. You didn't have to compare him to Asa. You didn't have to compare him to any of the other kings that preceded him. Saul was able to write his own ticket, was able to chart his own course, and able to fulfill his unique potential as the king of Israel. No comparison, clean slate, tabla rasa, infinite and exponential potential. And like Saul, on this Sunday morning, many of us have to acknowledge, for many of us, the sky is still the limit. Regardless of who we are, what we've gone through, we still have potential. But tragically, Saul, I believe, is one of the most tragic personalities in all of the Bible because of what could have been. Saul could have been great or at least good, but Saul disobeyed Almighty God. Saul did not have anybody to compare his reign to as king of Israel, yet Saul fails to live up to his potential as the king of Israel. And tragically, Saul goes down in Bible lore as a sad story of could have been. While Saul goes down in biblical history as a could have been, it ain't too late for you and I. If you and I learn the lessons of King Saul, you and I don't have to make the same mistakes that Saul made in his life that resulted in his being a tragic could have been. It ain't too late for you and I to fulfill our potential. It ain't too late for you and I to experience love and happiness. 
It ain't too late for you and I to experience the joy of the Lord. It ain't too late for you to become all that God says you can become and do what God says you can do. It ain't too late for you to experience love and happiness as a couple. It ain't too late for you to become all that God says you become. But the key is... You and I have to obey the voice of God. Consequently, we can become all that God says we can become. Could have been great, but he disobeyed God. According to 1 Samuel 15, Saul gives Samuel rather gives Saul an assignment to kill the Amalekites, to kill the king, and kill all the plunder. Tragically, the night before, Samuel, the holy man of God, has a nightmare about the disobedience of his young protege, mentee, Saul. Samuel has a dream that Saul has been disobedient in God has defrocked Saul as king of Israel. Samuel makes his way to Gilgal to see Samuel, and Samuel tragically has already gone to Carmel where he has erected an idol of himself. They meet in Gilgal where this consecrated confrontation takes place. Tragically, Samuel confronts Saul, and Saul does not confess and repent, but makes excuses. Because he makes excuses, Saul is defrocked and rejected as king of Israel. The same Saul who was chosen as the first king. The same Saul who was tall, dark, and handsome. The same Saul who had potential to be and do great things for God could have been. What do we learn from Saul that will prevent you and I from going down in history as could have been? As a church, what do we learn from Saul? So we don't go down in history as the could have been Baptist church. What do you and your spouse learn from Saul so you and your boo don't go down as the could have been love and happiness couple? What do you learn from Saul so you don't go down in history in your own family as could have been great big mama? Could have been loving Papa, could have been, but never realized my potential. We learn from Saul, who could have been great, but doesn't realize his potential because Saul failed to consider the consequences. Saul could have been great could have done all that God said he could do, could have become a great king in the history of Israel, but Saul did not consider the consequences. 
I wish I had some help on this Sunday morning. For every action, there's an equal action. Somebody help me preach. There are consequences to our actions and inactions. If you do something, something in turn will happen. If you don't do something, something in turn may or may not happen. There are consequences for all of our thoughts, words, and deeds. And if you and I fail to consider the consequences of our actions, our reactions, our responses, our words, our deeds, our thoughts, then we will never realize our potential and go down as could have been because we have not considered consequences. I wish I had some help on this Sunday morning. We believe not in the law of karma, Christians, but we are Christians who believe in the law of sowing and reaping. We reap, amen somebody, what we have sown. And consequences in many cases are the end result of what we have sown in life. If you speak life, life will happen. If you speak death, death will come your way. If you pray, God will get involved. If you don't pray, you limit the power of God. If you gossip, gossip will come back and haunt you. If you speak well of other people, they will speak well of you. If you tithe, God will open the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessing you won't have room enough to receive it. If you love, love will come your way. If you hate, hateration will talk you down. There are consequences to all of our actions. And if you and I consider the consequences of what we do, say, and think, then in turn, we might fulfill our God-given potential. Let me see if I can make it plain. I have a friend who I was engaged in a dialogue with the other day who had just got back from a dental appointment. Amen, somebody. And it's my friend who just got back from uh, the dental appointment. The dentist asked him the $64,000 question. Uh, do you want to keep your teeth the rest of your life? He said, yeah, I want to keep my teeth. Uh, Doc, how do I keep my teeth? You got to floss and brush every day. If you floss and brush every day, you will keep your teeth and not have to buy teeth. Y'all ain't talking to me. But if you don't floss, if you don't brush, if you don't take care of the 32 that God gave you, you're going to have to buy some because you have not considered the consequences of your actions and your inactions. I'm not talking about teeth, church. I'm talking about our actions, our inactions. If you and I do what the Lord says do, we can realize our potential and become all that God says we can become. But if we don't do what God says do, you and I, like Saul, will be a sad state of could have been. Could have been. Consider the consequences. Samuel talks to Saul. 
What is this bleeding of the sheep I hear? What are the blowing of the lambs that I hear? And Saul, tragically like a child, says, I did what you said do. I just didn't do everything you said do. I washed the dishes, but I didn't put them away. I brought the car home, but I didn't put gas in the car. It was full, but I didn't put gas. Ain't nobody talking to me. I folded the clothes, but I didn't take them up to my room. I cut the grass, but I didn't trim the bushes. Didn't blow the grass. I did some of it. I came to church, but I didn't listen to the sermon. I opened the Bible, but I didn't read. I prayed, but I didn't pray for anybody other than me, mine, I. Samuel talks to Saul and says, what are you doing? And Saul gives a recitation of excuses, justifications, explanations, rationale concerning why he didn't complete the assignment thoroughly and completely. It could have been great had he considered the consequences. Could have been great had he eliminated excuses. Maybe we can be great if all of us learn to eliminate excuses. He killed most of the sheep and lamb, but kept the best to be offered as a sacrifice to God at Gilgal. He killed most of the soldiers, but he kept the king alive. If you can kill some of them, you can kill all of them. <clears throat> if you can kill some of the soldiers, you can kill the king. But Saul makes excuses concerning why he has not been obedient to Almighty God. And Saul could have been great, could have done what God said, but Saul made excuses. Maybe you and I have not lived up to our potential to be all that God says we can become or do what God says we can do because we have not eliminated excuses from our vocabulary. I could stop cussing, but I get too mad. I could worship, but... I stay up too late on Saturday night. I could come to church, but I'm still scary because of the new variant. I could do great things for God, but 
I give God leftovers. What excuse have you and I raised to Almighty God that has robbed us of our potential and capacity to be all that God says we can be and do what God says we can do? I wish I had some help on this Sunday morning. Had Saul eliminated excuses. Saul would have gone down in the history of Israel as a great king. But somewhere along the journey, Saul rationalized wrongdoing, justified giving second best, explained excuses and erected excuses instead of developing a can-do spirit. I wish I had some help. What excuses are getting in the way of you and I doing all that God says we can do? What excuses are robbing us of our God-given potential? I wish I had some help this Sunday morning. If I can make an excuse, I can easily quote, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. If I can make an excuse, I can easily quote, greater is he who's within me than he who is in the world. If I can make an excuse, I can easily say, love, cast out all fear. If I can make an excuse, I can say, I can walk by faith and not by sight. If I can erect an excuse, I can easily trump any excuse with the word of God. Could have been. Had he eliminated excuses, could have been, had he considered consequences, could have been, had he been more concerned about his relationship with God than his personal reputation. Don't get it twisted, don't be confused. Reputation ain't really who you are. Reputation is who you want people to think you are. Sometimes there's a gap between our identity and our reputation. Reputation is who I present myself to be. But my identity is who I really am. Reputation is who I am in public but my identity is who I am in private. Reputation is who I present myself to be in the world, but my character, my integrity is who I really am. And Saul is more concerned about his reputation than he is about his walk with God. What do you mean, preacher? Saul goes down to Carmel, erects a monument of himself. Now, if, you're gonna, if somebody's going to erect a monument of you, let, let, let them do it of their own accord. Come on now, I wish I had. I mean, our esteem ought to be healthy, but my gosh. Amen, somebody. I mean, you ought to think highly of yourself. A sad dog won't wag his own tail. But if you're the only one tooting your own horn, 
If you're the only one talking about how great you are, if you're the only one talking about how pretty you are, how handsome you are, how gifted and talented you are, you might be delusional. A wreck's a monument of itself. Reputation. Ain't character. Ain't integrity. Ain't identity. Reputation. And then Samuel comes along and he wants Samuel to go back with him because Samuel will lend credibility to his reputation. But Samuel says, now you on your own. You're rejected as the king. You got to face the piper. You got to dance to the song of your own creation. But had you taken your walk with God seriously, you wouldn't be in this circumstance. Had you been more concerned about God than your own reputation, God would have delivered you. God would have brought you out. God would have kept you. God would have protected you. Had you been more concerned about your relationship with God than about your reputation, you would have realized your potential and become all that God says you can become. It ain't too late for you and I. It ain't too late for Watch Chapel. It ain't too late for you, brother and sister. It ain't too late for your marriage. It ain't too late, young person. If you and I are more concerned about our walk with God than our reputation, God can do wonders. I wish I had some help in here. Somebody who knows the end of the story knows where I'm going. While Saul messed up, while Saul was more concerned about his reputation than his walk with God, on the backside of the desert, a chapter later, there's a young man, the son of Jesse, not Abinadab, not Shammah, not one of the older boys, but he's a man after God's own heart. While Saul messed up being concerned about his reputation, God was raising up somebody else who don't look as good as Saul, who don't have the experience as Saul, who ain't as tall, dark, and handsome as Saul, but he got the heart of Almighty God. And because he loved God, because he took God seriously, God elevated him from a shepherd boy to becoming the king of Israel. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I said God can take a nobody and turn him into somebody. God can turn your life around. God can promote you. God can open doors. God can make ways. If you put God first, if you make God king, if you make God Lord of your life, you'll be surprised what God can do. Do I have a witness in here? Does anybody have a testimony of what God can do in your life? You never thought you'd be where you are, but God. Does anybody have a but God testimony? It ain't too late for us. It ain't too late for you. I don't care how old you are. 
what you've been through, it ain't too late for you. You don't have to go down in history as it could have been. God can still do the miraculous. God can still promote you. God can still use you. Consider the consequences. Eliminate excuses. And regard your relationship with God more than your reputation. Stand to your feet. Abraham, 75 years of age, goes down in history as the father of the faithful. You ain't too old. Colonel Sanders, 65 years old, before he started KFC Chicken. Some of us about to get some KFC today. Abraham had Isaac at 90. You ain't too old. It ain't done. Could have been. Your story ain't done yet. Let me ask somebody the major question. How willing are you to obey God? How willing are you and I to obey God? If God tells you to forgive, are you willing to forgive? If God tells you to let that thing go, are you willing to let it go? If God tells you to pray for that person and stop gossiping about that person, are you and I willing to do it? Sometimes the blessing, not sometimes, all the time, Thank you, Holy Ghost. The blessing is on the other side of obedience. I said the blessing is on the other side of obedience. Kill all the sheep and the lamb and take out the Amalekites. Had he done what God said, he would have never been defrocked. Somebody right now, you're here, and the blessing is in your obedience. Are you saved? If you're not saved, I want you to raise your hand. We want to lead you to Christ. My sister, my brother, you're not saved. We want to lead you to Christ. You're saved, but you need a church home. If you want to make Watch Chapel your church home today, I want you to raise your hand. There's somebody here. God bless you, brother. Amen. God bless you. Where's somebody from our new disciples? Richard, go lead them out. Lead that brother out. Raise your hand, brother, so we can see you again. Amen. Just go just meet him in the back. Meet him in the back. Yep, meet him in the back. There may be somebody else you're not... You're saved, but you don't have a church home. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. You need a church home. There are too many good churches for anybody to be without a church home. 
There are too many good, Bible-believing, sincere, spirit-filled churches for anybody to be without a church home. This ain't honk for Jesus. This ain't that foolishness. Now, if you talk about sacrilege, that's sacrilege. That's a mess. you need a church home, I want you to raise your hand, my sister, my brother. I should get my two hours back. Two hours and my three dollars. <laughs> Some of y'all will get it later. Y'all. Some of y'all know me. Y'all know I don't like that. Somebody you're not saved, you need a church home. Amen. Be seated in the presence of the Lord. Watch, chapel. I want to commend you for being a good church. I want to commend you for being a Bible-believing, spirit-filled, sincere congregation of people that love the Lord and that are committed to doing the work of ministry. You know, boring don't get attention. Mess and drama gets attention. Amen. I wish somebody do a movie on us. The work that we do in Haiti. The work that we're doing in Jackson, Mississippi. Y'all ain't talking to me. That's the kind of stuff that should get attention. Not scandal. Amen. We're about to worship the Lord as we celebrate the Lord's Supper. As we prepare to celebrate the Lord's Supper, I want to make sure everybody has the elements. If you do not have elements, please raise your hand so we might serve you. There's somebody over there. Raise, raise them high. Raise them high. There's this young lady right here in the, in the front. Deacon, you don't have elements? Bible says, let a man, let a woman examine himself or herself as we partake of the body of blood in an unworthy manner. As we go to God and pray, I want you to examine yourself, not examine your neighbor, not examine somebody around the corner, not examine your boss, your spouse, your children, examine yourself. Put the mirror in front of you. Lord, we thank you for this holy meal. We thank you for what you did on Calvary's cross. We thank you for these elements that symbolize the body and blood of Jesus Christ, our Savior. We thank you for your sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. Lord, we examine ourselves. We confess sins that we've committed against you by omission and commission. We confess sins that we've committed against you by thought, word, and deed. 
Create in us clean hearts, renew on us right spirits. Make us the men and women of God you want us to be. In Jesus' name, people of God said amen, amen, amen. On the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me, and we do likewise. Same manner, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes, and we do likewise. And the church said amen, amen, amen.